Welcome to the LNT chat show. And today, uh, my guest is Steve Dixon. Uh, Steve, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, thank you for, for inviting me, Roger. Yeah, I'm a senior lecturer in education studies at Newman University in Birmingham. Um, so I, I generally teach education at undergraduate and postgraduate level, as well as doctoral supervision, um, with a special responsibility for technology and learning and teaching. Okay, and I know that uh, today you're going to be talking to us about um, audio feedback. That's right, yes. Um, so before we start, I mean, I, I'm going to assume that, you know, uh, you didn't start your teaching career using audio feedback. So what, what was the kind of impetus for, for a change? You know, was it dissatisfaction with the way feedback had been going or was there something that you'd seen or heard about um, audio that particularly attracted you? I, well, I, going back quite a while now, we originally started audio feedback um, in 2008, I wow. think it was, um, which is just after the advent of the MP3, I guess. Uh, which... <laughs> oh, please don't say that. That would make me feel really old. <laughs> but it, the, the MP3 is important because it, it allows it, it certainly allows people to record and distribute files much more easily. Um, and, and so audio feedback, you know, if you wanted a definition, it would be, you know, the recording and distribution of spoken feedback on a student's work. And it's usually done in conjunction with traditional comments on a transcript. Um, it's nothing new, funnily enough. You know, I, I've looked into the history of audio feedback and there were many lecturers utilising audio cassettes in the 1970s. Do you remember those things? Yes, um, I do indeed. Showing my age now. Um, so why did we adopt it? Um, Actually, just before you go into yeah. that part, you said, um, as well as the audio, there's a transcription. Is that notes you've typed up or like today, um, because we're recording this in Teams, Teams automatically provides a transcription. Um, I know some of my colleagues have said that the problem with the transcriptions is occasionally they're, you know, they'll, they'll put a word in that isn't the word that you meant. And Yeah, I, I, I don't think I said transcription. Uh, what I said was annotations on the on the script. Right. Okay. So we, we also include traditional annotations on the students' work. So right. written annotations. Okay. Um, so way back in 2008, um, even as an institution, you know, it's the early days of the NSS, you know, uh, feedback has always been traditionally a lower score on the NSS for, for virtually all institutions, you know. So um, we were aware of that. And 2008, just after, you know, the great web 2.0 revolution if you believe in that sort of thing um, so we were looking at how to utilize more technology in our learning and teaching in, in our subject area and what we were aware of was the fact that, that we were suddenly getting very large cohorts um, for, for our for our subject so we had module groups of 120 plus that was you know not uncommon so in terms of teaching that was fine but in terms of marking and feedback that could be problematic yeah um, so we were looking at ways that could potentially speed up the feedback process but also at the same time give as much or perhaps even more detail back to the student and and is is that what you found then that one of the benefits of of audio feedback is that it has made the process quicker uh, yes, yes. So um, our head of e-learning at the time, uh, who still is, a wonderful chap called Bob Ridge Stern, um, he got 
our institution involved in a JISC-sponsored project called Sounds Good, uh, which was run by a chap called Bob, Bob, Rotherham, Bob Rotherham up at Leeds, um, who came down and gave us advice about how to implement the idea. Um, so what we did in the initial, uh, the initial trial, um, we used something called an H4 handheld recording device. Um, very strange piece of apparatus, looked like something out of Blake 7, um, <laughs> where, where you recorded the audio and then transferred that file um, up onto the, the VLE. Um, right. And as well as, you know, um, adding annotations to the transcript. Um, so it was a little bit of a, a finickety process, if you like, but once you got used to the technology, it really did save time. Right. And were any other things discussed at the time? I'm just I'm just in um, in you know sort of who was the first person who put their hand up and said, "Oh, we should try audio." You know, did you consider you know just maybe using marking rubrics or um, you know were there other uh, audio formats that were considered? Well, we, we already had the use of, of marking rubrics. Um, it, it was me that put my hand up. <laughs> uh, and um, um, basically, it must have been a strong hand because I managed to get the entire subject team on board. Um, so we all trialed it together um, as a subject team. Um, what we very quickly decided was that we needed a, a standardized format. So it, it you know, audio is a soft technology, you know, but once you start using it, um, it's very much how it's used that's important rather than technology itself. So we agreed on a standard format, as in, you know, you'd introduce yourself, you'd talk about what you're going to record, you'd say hello to the student, um, and then you'd talk about what the structure of the recording would be and refer explicitly to the marking criteria. So right. once we got that format, um, we basically all went for it. Um, and as I said, it, in terms of the original scope of the Sounds Good project, which was exploring whether it saved academics time and whether students preferred it, um, that the answer to both was an overwhelming yes. All oh, right, excellent. <laughs> And were there specific aspects? I mean, for, for staff, was it just about saving time? And for students, was it was it was it something else? Because I often find that when I'm talking to students, especially if they're international students for whom English isn't their first language, they're not always sort of quite getting to grips with with what I'm saying to them. Whereas, you know, if, if they send me an email and I can re reply in writing that it they can relax a little bit more because it's it's there all the time. And, and if there are words they don't understand, they can check them or they can clarify them with me. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a really important point. Um, and, you know, one of the things I, well, I will talk about uh, later, sort of giving advice for someone who wants to implement it. Um, and I think it's very important to give that students choice. Um, so I wouldn't impose it upon students. Um, but uh, yeah, there were a number of things that, that, that really came to the fore. And I've since done quite a bit of research into student perceptions and student experience of audio feedback. Um, so instantly it was very, very clear for the majority of students, the overwhelming majority of students, that it was accessible. Um, it it le led to greater levels of understanding. They thought it had more detail. Um, so, you know, we were recording anywhere between three and five minutes, which is seen as the standard approach. Most people speak about 180 words a minute. So, you know, imagine in a three to five minute recording, that's a lot of words. Right. You know? um, 
what we also found was it was seen inclusive for those students with dyslexia. They found it much, much more easy to understand. Right. Um, but it very quickly became obvious that something else was going on. And it, that was specifically in relation to the effective dimension of feedback and also in terms of its relational capacities. So in terms of the relationship between staff and students, it was seen as something that bridged that gap and strengthened that relationship. Okay. Um, and what you mentioned, the, the sort of handheld device you were originally uh, using, how, how are the recordings made at the moment? Is that just, you know, done through a, a voice recorder on a, on a laptop or um, are you putting the voice recordings in a particular place? So are they embedded within your VLE or um, how do they actually get to the students? Well, yeah, I mean, again, staff would have a great deal of choice on how to do it. Um, if, if anybody wanted to implement it now, it's got much, much easier. Um, so I tend to use Audacity because I, I like it and it's clean yeah. and, um, and it's very quick and easy. Um, but, you know, the VLEs now have embedded software that allows you to do it. So, you know, Canvas has the Wimber um, tool. Um, Moodle has the wonderfully named Poodle, um, which allows you to automatically record within the VLE. Um, even Turnitin now has an audio feedback facility, yeah. but it, it, it's limited to three minutes. So for me, if I was using the Turnitin recording facility, my, my eyes would be constantly on the clock right. and, and I wouldn't be able to relax. Um, so I know staff who've utilized, you know, their own mobile phones uh, to record an MP4 rather than an MP3 and then, you know, um, upload that. So there's lots of different ways of doing it. Um, since 2008, when we first started, obviously, we've also seen the rise of the mobile phone. Um, so what is interesting that students are accessing an audio recording via their mobile device and listening to it as if they're on a phone call. So um, I think this is quite important in terms of you know, what's known as the martini concept in e-learning, you know, anytime, place, anywhere, because yeah. obviously it breaks down geographical boundaries and all those sorts of things. But it, it's also influencing what's what their perception of a sense of dialogue, um, which is really interesting. So, you know, what you're doing is recording a monologue, but the students are responding to it. In, as a sense of dialogue, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, to talking to the students that they have a, a unique inner voice response to it, which they wouldn't have to a piece of text, um, yeah. which is really quite interesting. And, and that is interesting because um, I, I know from, from having listened to lots of people talking about uh, feedback um, that students have expressed um, an interest on occasions for um, being able to actually sit down with a lecturer uh, and go through their work in terms of receiving uh, feedback where you know much like yourself we, our modules are simply too large for that to be practical you know there is just isn't the, the time available so in some respects yeah I can see how although as you've said it's a monologue for the student it's it still feels more maybe more personal as well because they can actually uh, they can hear your voice so it's it's not some random disembodied words it's it is actually the person who's taught them who they know and understand and and i guess you know um i i've often thought that the one of the difficulties i have when when people text one another or use any kind of direct mailing system is 
that there's no inflections or you know tones so sometimes you can misinterpret words just because you can't hear them being spoken whereas um the audio side obviously would overcome that so they would be able to you know hear the sense of what you're saying and not just uh, see the physical words themselves yeah it, it, it has such an interpersonal affordance if if, if you like um in terms of the tutorials, traditionally we have tried to offer tutorials to students after getting feedback for assignments. But what we found with the use of audio is those requests for tutorials plummeted. Right. Um, and students were saying, well, no, you, you've given me all the information I need. It was really clear. Um, but that personal aspect was so important, especially the first time we used it was with level four first year students and it was you know it's one of the first pieces of work they've done and in terms of engagement and a sense of belonging um it, it was profound you know extremely profound but also as you say you know in terms of breaking down those boundaries between lecturer and, and student the students were talking about the noises they could hear in the background <laughs> you know you know one of my fellow fellow members of staff had just become a dad you know and the student could hear the baby crying in the background and was talking about this and thought how wonderful it was that you know they were taking this time out from home and talking to the student personally and you know if, if you think about if you're teaching large cohorts that that process of feedback is one of those rare times where you are communicating directly to one student it's a one-to-one -one communication and to a student that's extremely important that is so important um and you know you look at recently the work of david carlos who's who's done a lot on on, on feedback and he he talks about this and, and the effective dimension of feedback and, and how as staff we really need to get to grips with that um and, and you know specifically you know look at what we've all gone through in the last two years uh, feedback seems to audio feedback seems to have gone from strength to strength by allowing that connection even though we're all physically disconnected um, and I've used it formatively as well you know with dissertation students and um, uh, postgrad researchers just to give you know, that verbal connection um, uh, on work they've done and which has been really appreciated. It's interesting the point you make about um, personalization the the a gentleman with the the baby in the background one of one of the other things that kind of came out of the pandemic um because people weren't just in a classroom for a lot of people they were um you know either holding their seminars as, as i'm doing now which is um, part of my lounge is probably probably the most decent background that i have but also um when i put together the the online lectures and i've been using flip lectures for uh, well over 10 years so that that was you know I had no problem with that but the the different thing that I did and again it was based on anecdotal evidence of students previously where I had a, a colleague who would record a, a weekly video um, and he lived um, in a place where he, he had a paddock and there were horses and dogs and stuff and he used to record these sort of brief introductory um, videos walking down the paddock with his dog and um, he was a big fan of hats, so we wore different hats. And the students absolutely loved it because there was a sense of him as a as a, a real person as opposed to a lecturer, which yeah. sounds yeah. awful. But um, so what I did was I, I made sure that I added in um, little introductory uh, videos at the beginning of each lecture. And again, an anecdotally, you know, the students said that they felt that it, it was a much more personal thing. And, and therefore, yes. as you say, 
um, there, there is that sense of dialogue, even when it's not, you know, being spoken just to, uh, to one individual. Ro you, you mentioned, sorry, go on. So, Roger, I just, I just, sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say, I, I, I think that's so important. You know, um, uh, I, I'm a great believer in, in, in relational pedagogy um, and, you know, breaking down those barriers. You know, we are human beings, believe it or not. Um, you know, that's, that's really important. But it was interesting because you, you reminded me you talking about uh, your colleague um, on the farm um, talking to the students about where they access this feedback you know and mm. from, uh, ridiculous places you know so I, I was driving in the car and playing it I was on the bus um, uh, one girl was in the middle of a field on a pheasant shoot it's just like <laughs> this is totally bizarre um, but what what's really interesting is that, that they looked past it as a technology. So um, one of the students came back to me and said, well, if you, if you think about it, it's quite old fashioned. You're just talking to us. Um, he, he, he called it um, old wine in new bottles, uh, which I thought oh, was nice. a nice way of describing it. And, you know, if we go back to you know, the, the etymology of assessment, you know, um, excuse my Latin pronunciation, but it's acedery, you know, and acedery translates to to sit down beside, you know, um, yeah. and when do we do that, you know, in higher education now, um, you know, sit down beside has so many connotations and implications um, in terms of, of learning and teaching. And I, I think, you know, in, in many ways, perhaps I'm just trying to get back to that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> No, it sounds like it sounds like an, an, an admirable aim um, and certainly certainly something which um, I recognize and um, where possible try and replicate that in class, although you know, clearly there are other limitations. So with regards to what you're doing at the moment, um, are, are there any uh, sort of things that are going to be um, changed for for coming years or are you very happy with where you are at the moment? Um, yeah, I'm yeah, very happy. Um, always looking for new ways. I mean, we have experimented with uh, video feedback, uh, screencast feedback. And I know, you know, that's quite popular in some institutions. Um, interestingly, a lot of students have come back and said they preferred the audio um, because it has that. It's it, it, it's much easier to access. Um, and also it has what Carlos calls a sustainability uh, and what Carlos means by that is that what I've found with audio feedback is that it gets utilized much more by students so it feeds forward um, a, a great deal more so you know students are accessing and listening to it sometimes eight nine ten times um, right. you know I had one first year student who I was talking to in the summer term and she'd had audio feedback in in the autumn uh, and she actually said you know this is a bit embarrassing but I was having a really bad day the other day so I listened to the audio feedback again <laughs> that's a bit strange but perhaps it's you know something's going on here <laughs> a bit of therapy as well yeah possibly possibly it, it, uh, as I said you know I, I wouldn't look upon audio feedback as a universal panacea you know and it's a soft technology it's much more to do with pedagogy the technology how you use it is important so you've really got to think about you know tone of voice expression all those sorts of things um what if anybody was going to adopt it i, I would certainly recommend remember that you probably don't work for radio four so you know you, you're going to make mistakes you're going to slip up but 
just don't try and go back and edit those out see them as mistakes and just treat it as a conversation so you know apologize and move on and again the students have come back and said well you know they quite like the fact that you slipped up and made a mistake because they realize it's authentic it's real mm -hmm. you're talking to them you, you haven't co copied and pasted feedback that you've done from someone else you know um certainly staff when they first utilize audio feedback i think there's a, a, a there's a there's a tendency to become very self-conscious um, uh, because you're recording yourself. You're going to send out that recording of your own voice. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think you need to get over yourself, um, but I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing because if we're self-conscious, we tend to reflect. And I think any reflection on professional practice is a good thing. But um, in, in terms of the future for us, um, We'll always look at new tools. Um, so, you know, we have utilized Poodle rather than Audacity. Um, not sure how far we are going to go down the, the video route, um, but certainly I will continue to use audio feedback in the near future. Okay. And and you, you've sort of kind of already addressed things that, you know, people might want to consider. Just before we finish, if someone was thinking, okay, yeah, you know, this definitely sounds like uh, something we want to try. Are there any any other bits of advice that you would give someone? Um, yeah, well, first of all, I say go for it. Um, definitely. Uh, I, I would talk to the students first um, and give them the option, you know, certainly warn them it's coming. <laughs> it could be a bit of a shock if they were expecting it. But also, it's probably a good idea to talk to the program leader and also the external examiner, because um, certainly in terms of second marking, moderation, external examining, it doesn't save time, you know, rather than the external examiner, have, you know, reading a, a sheet of feedback, they happen to listen to it. Um, so, you know, letting them know will be a good thing. Um, think about your options in terms of recording. Uh, and there are lots of options that I said, you can use, you know, handheld devices, um, audacity with a microphone, um, embedded software such as Poodle, Wimber, or even, you know, the, the embedded software on Turnitin. Think of your options, and once you've decided on that option, practice, okay? You know, once you're comfortable with it, that's when you'll reach, the, you'll, you'll reach that point where you save time. But also think of a structure, you know, how are you going to structure that, that little recording? Um, and, and, you know, some staff will take notes for that structure. I, I've done it so much now that I don't need to. Um, but um, also in terms of that structure, you know, refer back to any comments you've made in the student work, but also explicitly refer to any assessment criteria. So um, I mean, you can utilize it in, in conjunction with rubrics if, if you'd like to. Um, and I have done that before. But th th there's a, th they're basically the things I, I, I would recommend. And just to reiterate that point, it, it's more to do with pedagogy than technology. You know, it's what Norman calls a soft technology. It's how you use it, which is important. Okay, that, that's excellent. Thank you so much for that today. It was uh, very enlightening. And to be honest, I think probably has uh, reaffirmed what I've been sort of kicking around in my head for a while now, which is that um, we're, we're making some substantial changes to our, our level four, which will gradually feed through so we're in that planning uh, stage at the moment, and I, I think I think audio is definitely something that um, uh, I'm going to see if I can persuade the powers that be to allow us to be incorporate. Because I, I think the advantage of advantages of that, particularly for um, level four students, and as a way of being able to test out 
you know how it works and and if there are any things that we're going to need to change if we if we take it further i think that will be a, a good platform to use okay so uh thank you very much uh i'll just stop the recording there thank you